What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the fourth episode of the Gridiron Giants edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Anthony Novello. And Novello, man, after everything that went well against the New Orleans Saints, we take one step forward just to take two steps back. We lose a plethora of players on both sides of the ball. Uh, yeah, it, it was a tough one on Sunday, you know what I mean? You get a couple tough games to swallow in a season and stuff like that, but when you see, like, Almost the future of your franchise flashed before your eyes multiple times in that game. It's never easy to digest. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into it and we'll uh, kind of uh, discuss where we think the Giants should go from there and what we should uh, hope to see uh, as the season progresses. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the Giants like really played well up until Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley getting hurt. That was heartbreaking for me. I was I was actually depressed for the rest of the day. And for some couple of days after that, you know, as a Giants fan, Daniel Jones, as a dedicated Giants fan, I should say, Daniel Jones is like the god right now for the Giants. And to see him go down the way he did and all the stumbling and everything, we'll get into it. But, um, yeah, it was a tough one. Tough one to swallow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, kind of reliving that feeling, almost just staring at my TV and just like, like just wondering, like, oh my goodness, I like, seen him like kind of stumble and then have to get carted off and stuff like that. But you touched on it early in the thing that the Giants honestly did battle in this game and they played pretty well up into that Daniel Jones injury. And it started really on the defensive side of the ball. They finally got a couple big stops early on in this game. On the first drive of the game, they held, uh, they forced a turnover. It was on fourth down or whatever. But Ezekiel Elliott's mm-hmm. wide open in the flat. Lorenzo Carter makes a hell of a play, batting a ball up and ends up with an interception there. And uh, also. Early in the game, too, there was a drive that they had, like, goal to go, uh, and they got a bad snap. Listen, you catch a break sometimes like that, they recover a fumble, and we'll take it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say that the defense wasn't getting marched on in the drive, but at the end of the day, you get a turnover. Tip my cap. They did miss a field goal early on in the game. Graham Goodell, we got to figure that out. That also did happen off a of Kadarius Tony drop. That was the one bad thing I'll say about Kadarius Tony all day because after that, he clearly redeemed himself and then some. So, yeah, I liked what the defense did early on in the game. You mentioned, though, up until that Daniel Jones injury on, it was a second or it was a third down play. I believe, believe it was, it was a third, third down. It was a third down play because they went for it on fourth down. Yeah, third down. Yeah. He rolls out to the left and he gets. Um, Kind of like he honestly kind of like lowered his head. He kind of initiates the hit there, and he goes out uh, just to go join Saquon Barkley, who went out the drive earlier with a again just another freak accident. I mean, you lose Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones in the first half of any game. I don't think you can really um, expect to win that game. That's kind of what happened uh, in the second half. Yeah, something to touch on really quick about the defense. I mentioned I believe it was two weeks ago that I wanted to see how Tate Crowder and Reggie Ragland would um, would run this defense. And to be honest, I thought they did a solid job. It was really like mostly I would I would have to put most of the scoreboard for the Cowboys, all 30 or 40 points, whatever they had on the secondary. James Bradbury let up a huge touchdown. And I believe it was Darius Williams let up that post route to Amari Cooper. That's something that like take crowd and Reggie Ragland, they have no control over. I think up front we handled the run okay there were moments where they the Cowboys were driving on us but I was happy to see that Reggie Ragland had a couple tackles for loss um he actually had two tackles for loss Tay Crowder had one it was um good performance by them I hope that they can continue to grow together because the they have no choice with Blake Martinez out for the season yeah I agree with you I think that in a sense that Ragland and Crowder are getting more comfortable running defense but I will disagree with you a little bit I did think that the Giants honestly were 
uh, weren't physical enough up front. I thought that Dallas was able to mm-hmm. at least churn the clock, and they were able to move the ball. Not maybe in necessarily chunks, but they were able to steadily move the ball. But you are right in a sense. I thought the main reason because of that was it just seemed like we just didn't have enough guys in the box. It seemed like at the most we were putting – we'd never put seven hats in a box, and Dallas was just like, all right, we're content with taking that. But to, your, to exactly what you were saying with the secondary – Again, we're giving up touchdowns. Like it's our job. James Bradbury, again, a tough outing for him. He had a couple. He had a bad outing against the Washington football team against Terry McLaurin, and he gets beat on that uh, streak by C.D. Lamb. I think Julian Love should have been in help there. Almost looked like he got out of position there, yeah. but still, Bradbury. You know what I mean? You're getting paid fourteen million dollars a year. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have help, safety help, but. It, Again, you know what I mean? Be a be a playmaker. And uh, Radarius Williams, too, yeah, that's late in the half. That's score to Amari Cooper. Uh, again, I, I don't really love the matchup there. Unfortunately, Radarius Williams, I believe, tore his ACL in this game, too. So he'll be out for yep. the year and stuff like that. But just another bad injury. But, yeah, the, overall, I mean, the defense, it just if you ask me, they just didn't come to play again. Uh, they battled, like I said, in the first half. But for the fifth straight game now, they have given up a touchdown with under two minutes to go in the half. It, it just has to change. Like, you know, you cannot give these teams scores up late. It just completely demoralizes your team going into the locker room. So it just can't happen. Something there needs to be fixed with Patrick Graham and kind of like adjusting to tempo in a sense, because when these teams start trying to score before the break, they're having tons of success. Yeah. Just look at this now. They actually had, well, they had 200 rushing yards, 201 rushing yards, and then 324 passing yards, you know, over 500 yards of offense in a game is nothing you want to let up as a defense. And, you know, Patrick Graham, I hope he can start to figure it out. I know last year he was able to figure it out through the season. I hope he could do that again. But, like, again, 500 yards is just, as a defense, it's something you actually never want to see. Yeah, hopefully, like you said, the Giants can turn back the clock on the defensive side of the ball. It just seems like for a unit that was so good in 2020, they're – are regressing in 2021 but let's kind of flip it back to the offense yes the defense didn't really give them a shot to stay in this game but the offense in a sense i mentioned early when you lose some of your stars on that side of the ball you're not really going to be too successful in a game and it started first with saquon barkley going down again just a freak play i know novello you wanted to touch on it it's a slant route that's overthrown by daniel jones and then kind of gets rolled up on end uh, fox had to show his uh ankle uh his bare ankle on the sideline that didn't make me feel any better but uh yeah again just like another sad case to see saquon barkley just uh can't stay on the field uh just from an unfortunate turn of events yeah like that that play i believe it was like second down third down something like that and the giants motioned out into empty and they actually had micah parsons covering his uh former teammate at penn state saquon barkley and it was interesting because Right there, before I'm watching the play, I'm like, okay, I've heard Micah Parsons can cover receivers. So I'm like, okay, this Daniel Jones might want, not want to go to Saquon right here. Next thing you know, I'm watching Saquon run a slant. He gets wide open over the middle of the field, and Daniel Jones just totally overthrows him. And then, like, when you look at just how the play happened, of course, he had to step on a Cowboy's foot and just twist his ankle. But when you really think about it, like, if you – if if he caught that ball, I don't know if there was anybody back there. You couldn't really see uh, from the TV angle. Like, you could not see if there was a safety back there to tackle Saquon. And, you know, Saquon one-on-one with the safety, I'll take any day. But, you know, you complete that pass. That's Again, it's a whole to- totally different ball game. And who knows? Maybe, like, that situation never even gets brought up where Daniel Jones has to try to, you know, truck a defender and try to get into the end zone. So, you know, at that play, like, 
we always talk about it with the Giants, those three to five plays that we just want back. And like over this entire season, that play I want back the most because I think that if we would have made that play, Daniel Jones would have never been in the situation to get hurt. And I, I would hope that we would still have both of them on the field after that play. But again, Saquon Barkley, good route. And then Daniel Jones just overthrowing them. Yeah, uh, it's a freak accident if you ask me, but Daniel Jones definitely is going to want that throwback. He'll probably put some of the blame on himself. I'll be able to put all the blame on himself for something like that, even though, again, just a bad step in a sense like that. But I agree with you. I think yeah. the pass is complete, probably doesn't happen. And maybe take one, breaks that off, takes it to the house. You know what I mean? Finally, he would have had the ball in space there, which – Again, against the safety, give me Saquon Barkley 10 times out of 10 there. So Saquon obviously goes out early. We mentioned Daniel Jones going out late in the first half. That led to Mike Glennon coming in the second half, started it off with like an early interception. He, Mike Glennon, like, I don't know, what what did you want me to expect to say about Mike Glennon? He was yeah. serviceable. He, he looked a little, he looks a little more capable than Colt McCoy in a sense, but that's not too much of a compliment. If you ask me, Colt McCoy was a glorified game manager uh, at the back of quarterback last year. Uh, he didn't have Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay was disappeared in the first half and then he didn't come out at all in the second half they said he hyperextended his knee so he's probably not going to go this week hopefully they can get a couple other receivers back we'll touch on that but Mike Glennon really had one guy to lean on in the second half and it was Kadarius Tony. which the one thing I will say that felt good about this game is that again it further validated us preaching for Jason Garrett to get the ball to Kadarius Tony to show how special he is 10 catches, 189 yards, most receiving yards by a rookie Giants receiver since Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, he was unreal. Again, he made that – he made, like, the first catch of the game, actually, the first Daniel Jones completion. He goes up uh, over a defender to make a grab. Just showed uh, his versatility in this game, even taking a snap under center, kind of running a zone read play. So, yeah, I'd love to – I mean, Tony, they are going to absolutely need to give him the ball if they want any chance this week. But, uh, again, I'm just so impressed with how he played this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I could go on forever. This guy actually lined up everywhere. He lined up in the slot. He lined up outside. He literally lined up as the quarterback. And doing all that, like, he had a hell of a game. Um, let's see here. We got 13 targets. We had 10 receptions of this 13, 189, and 38 being that long, uh, kind of a boss he had, honestly, over that Cowboys defender. But um, honestly, I love Kadarius Tony for the reason that he is the most unpredictable man after the catch. Like, when he makes a catch, he, he made a catch. I believe it was like a little, like, whip route kind of thing. And he caught the ball, and he already knew what he was going to do. But the Cowboys defenders had no clue what he was going to do. He caught the ball, turned back inside. He literally juked out two Cowboys defenders behind him and a Cowboys defender in front of him who was going to try to chase him down. And he took it right down to the goal line. And then, of course, that led to, you know, Daniel Jones, whatever. But, you know, Kadarius Tony, like, I'm super excited to have this guy on the field. He can do so much. He has so much talent. And we really need to get him the ball. Hopefully, like you said, we're going to get some playmakers back possibly this week. But um, Kadarius Tony, like, I'm, we need to lean on this guy right now. No doubt. He's a bright point of the team. And he also has a lot of fight in him, which I do like. I'm sure we'll talk about that later also. Yeah, you bring up that point. I just wanted to mention, like, Briefly about the offensive line. But you know what we can get to Tony first? Yeah, Tony late in the game, obviously, there. He gets hit late after the whistle, if you ask me. They didn't really give up or anything. It seemed like Evan Ingram, too. Somebody was going after him or whatever. 
And then, eh, you know what I mean? He gets a little pissed off. Kadarius, Tony throws a punch. Listen, can't do it. I understand. Obviously, he's getting ejected for you. Throw a punch. You get ejected oh, yeah. in the National Football League. Joe Judge, am I okay? I'm okay with Joe Judge getting mad. I think it's crazy that people on Twitter are like, oh, I can't believe Joe Judge is such a hard. Oh, like, why is he getting mad at Kadarius? Tony, he was competitive. What do you want your head coach to do there? Not get mad? It's not like Joe Judge was in the press conference today and he was like, yeah, Kadarius Tony's not going to play in the first half. If Kadarius Tony was, if he, if he benches Kadarius Tony, then I'm pissed. But, for him to get mad in the heat of the moment, I don't think it's that bad at all. He's your whole offense, and he just got ejected from a game. Then you're thinking, oh, well, maybe he's suspended now. It's like, what do you – like, you know what I mean? And, again, if you don't really – like, if he's not mad, then it's almost like – I don't want to say it's like it becomes like a norm and it becomes like acceptable behavior, but in a sense it does. So I think that's something that Joe Judge had to maybe get a little animated with Tony, and I think, it again, it should just blow over. Nothing really should be spoken about it again, and we should move on to that. But, yeah, I, I don't I – don't, I understand Tony's frustration and stuff like that. So I'm not going to completely be mad at him. But again, when like the team's relying on you so much, if, if it was a closer game, do I think he would have been that frustrated? So, no. So I don't think he would have done it, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you just can't be throwing punches in the game. You know what no. I mean? I love you, Kadarius, but it just can't happen. Yeah, no doubt. Um, honestly, I think the reason that Joe judge was so angry was because obviously he, he's the coach. He sets the culture. He does all this. It was selfish. It was selfish of Kadarius Tony to do that. Like, Joe Judge, he's going to see that as selfish 10 times out of 10 because, you know what, like, at the end of the day, you got to control your emotions for the betterment of the team. And when you're not doing that and you're getting us a flag and then you're getting ejected and you're our entire offense, yeah, you're letting the emotions get the best of you, and it is it is selfish. And I know Joe Judge definitely sees it that way. I think he actually mentioned it in his post-game interview that it was a selfish act, even though Evan Ingram was in there as well. Like, selfish of Kadarius Tony to take it to that level and end up punching Cowboys defender just to get ejected but of course I do love to see that passion out of a Giants player because we haven't seen that in a while since really Odell but um still selfish act hopefully yeah if it's a closer game I don't think he'll be doing that yeah like I said I don't think this is an issue where I think it's going to be recurring and stuff like that I think it was just like a one-time thing you know I mean a little pent up in in the middle in the heat of the moment so, you know what I mean? We move on with it. But, yeah, I, I agree with Joe Judge in the sense of what he said after the game. And I know a lot of people have now been comparing it to, like, oh, now the Giants have another talented yet head case, uh, like head case at receiver. This is minor. Odell was kicking nets, you know what I mean? Like, Odell, if you ask me, is a little bit more of a head case right now. And, listen, Darius Tony hopefully doesn't. But, yeah, I mean, he could escalate a little bit. But I'm anticipating that he doesn't. You know what I mean? I even love Kadarius Tony now in the presses and stuff like that. He kind of had a little bit of a thing with the media, too, early on where, like, he was – um like they, they weren't really seeing eye to eye and stuff like that. He'd say a couple of things. They take a shot on his Instagram story at the media and stuff like that. So I think maybe mm-hmm. Joe judge might know a little bit more. And that's why he was like, yeah, I know him and judge got into it a little bit too on the sideline of one of the games. So maybe he knows a little bit more. And that's why he was a little pissed with Kadarius Tony. But at the end of the day, hopefully we could just move on to week six and we could keep, uh, all of our problems on the football field. You know what I mean? We can't really have to worry about stuff outside of the game. We got to worry about winning football games because we're a one and four football team right now. But I was also going to mention the offensive line. Uh, Yes, they didn't give up a sack this game, but I still wouldn't say that the offensive line played great. Uh, They dearly missed Andrew Thomas. It was obvious. Andrew Thomas did dress, but he did not play a snap. Mm -hmm. That Pert, if you ask me, did a good job at right tackle. I think it's interesting to see moving forward if he will be starting over Nate Soldier. He graded out a lot better than him as well, according to Pro Football Focus. But Nate Soldier had a tough day handling Randy Gregory. He was constantly in the yeah. backfield and stuff like that. And one of the things too that that just like causes it when when a guy like that is getting consistently beat, you have to either 
chip him, like chip the end with a back or leave a tight end in, you know what I mean? So then it hurts your passing game and it hurts Danny mm-hmm. Jones. Like Glennon under center gives him one less option there. So I don't know what the deal is with Nate Soldier. I really don't think he could be playing. Like he should be playing left tackle moving forward. I think if Thomas isn't good to go, and they said they were practicing like Pert on the left side, Soldier on the right. I'd love to see that. But uh, with the Rams front, we got to figure it out uh, soon. Yeah. What was Andrew Thomas's injury, by the way? And it's a foot injury. It's they said like it was like soreness or something like that. He did get off season foot surgery so i guess a little cause oh, for okay. concern there that um you know i mean a little, a little banged up and stuff like that they hope though he can go this week yeah like i we we're, we're gonna need him first the rams the first the rams period no question about it yeah i don't know what nate soldier's deal is that that game randy gregory was literally there was a play where actually it was a false start and like nate soldier and randy gregory were like still the play was still going on and i actually watched randy gregory like throw nate soldier with one arm like five yards backwards, Nate Soldier started rolling around. Like, he cannot be getting manhandled like that. And for someone who was known as possibly one of the, you know, top three tackles in the NFL in his prime, the, this guy, I, he's just got to figure it out. Just do something. We got to we gotta get Andrew Thomas on the field. But, yeah, the offensive line, like, honestly, not letting up a sack, very important, of course. But, of course, numbers don't always show um, how good somebody's played. So I'm hoping that they could – hopefully step it up this week versus the Rams. Billy Price, honestly, not playing terrible. I wish we could just run the ball better. That would be the ultimate positive for this game against the Rams. We had 25 attempts for 73 yards against the Dallas Cowboys front, who recently just lost one of their best middle linebackers in Jalen Smith. But like in my opinion, we need to get this running game going. And honestly, this is not the week to do it. But if we could get it going versus the Rams, that would be absolutely awesome yeah i mean they're going to be facing an uphill battle though obviously with it doesn't look like i mean all signs are pointing to saquon barkley not playing there's no way he's playing this week they haven't officially ruled them out mm-hmm. at this point but Devonte booker back there i think he's more than serviceable he's had a couple of good years obviously with the denver broncos and then last year on the las vegas raiders he was a capable runner he came into the game uh on sunday and i'm not going to say anything that he was like spectacular off the page but again he looks like he'll be a capable feeling and stuff like that. And more importantly, can play on all three downs. You know what I mean? You don't have to like tip your hand almost in the sense of bringing a pass catching back and stuff like that. Can kind of do it all. Did score two touchdowns. So I'll tip my cap. Those two touchdowns were were very nice too. One of the touchdowns was right after the Daniel Jones uh, injury and him getting carted off the field. Uh, Thanks Fox for showing us that live. Like yeah, they show us, they show <laughs> us the time celebrating in the end yeah. zone. Like, can we pick it up, production team? Like that just can't happen. It boggles my mind. You make so much money off commercials in the game. And why are we missing plays? Why that should never ever happen. It happened multiple play. times, actually. It it did. It happened multiple times, which is why, like, again, maybe if it was, if it was only one time, I'd be like, all right, I'll let it pass. But it can't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone, someone's got to figure it out there. But another thing on the offensive line that they'll be facing up with battle, Matt Skura. Uh, a little banged up in this game as well with his knee. Who knows if he's going to go this week? It's just the curse of the left guards now in uh, New York. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. They have first. They still haven't had the same offensive line start all five games, and now it's looking like a six game potentially if Skura can't go and Thomas is in there. So it's it's unbelievable what this has come to. I know the other guy, Wes Martin, was in there a little bit. Didn't look great too on yeah. the left side. That probably doesn't help Nate Soldier as well there. So it, again, it's just like. The the overall theme so far of this team, it's just like injuries, injuries, injuries. I know you can't like 
right off your pot. Like, I'm not blaming injuries for the Giants' one and four start, but it's definitely not helping them. We could definitely say that. Yeah, no, like, it, it would definitely be nice to have these guys back. I actually saw a, a stat. I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, and it was that Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony, and Saquon have only played a combined 17 snaps together. And that's an unbelievable number to me. In, in, a, in an NFL football game, I'd say you have about, we'll say, 70 offensive, 70 defensive plays throughout an entire game, about 140 plays total. And to think about that, they're in, what, week five? We're, we're playing the Rams now, like week six? Like, that is 17 snaps is almost, I don't even know, like a fourth of one game. And, you know, I want to get all these guys on the field together. And that goes for the defense as well. These injuries are just not helping us out. Jabril Peppers is hurt. Blake Martinez. I, I want to see – I want to see these – I want to see something out of Leonard Williams and Evan Ingram, two of the guys who have been on the Giants for a little bit. I want to see them take over and actually do what they know they could do and be some bright spots on this team, hopefully, versus these Rams. Yeah, I'll touch on Evan Ingram first. Obviously, I've been preaching for him ever since he came back from his injury and he was able to get his 2021 season going. It just seems like the perfect time for him to step up. You know what I mean? But again, with Evan Ingram, you're just always like, it's, it's just never been times. completely. It's just never been completely there. Maybe you put on Jason Garrett. And honestly, I do think maybe it's our offensive scheme and stuff like that. I, I think if Evan Ingram was on some other NFL teams where he's playing in the slot consistently, he's a lot different of a tight end. He's utilized a lot differently. But maybe really being on the end of the offense, like on an, as an end-line tight end, it's just really not his role. So they, they had a decision to make about him in the offseason. I really don't see a situation where they bring him back unless he were to like gain a lot of traction now down the stretch and stuff like that and step up. But again, with no Kenny Galladay, it looks like this week, no Saquon Barkley. And – even with or without Daniel Jones, without Daniel Jones, with Mike Lennon, it just makes it so much easier if you could go to a safety blanket in a tight end. But even with Daniel Jones, again, against a tough secondary when you got Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams on the outside, Evan Ingram can just open things up for this offense in the middle of the field. And then you mentioned Leonard Williams, too. And again, I don't want to say like a little bit of a disappointment because, again, a defensive lineman, you know what I mean? People scheme things differently. They block guys yeah. differently. So... I don't want to necessarily throw him completely under the bus yet. I'd have to definitely look into more of that and see how many like double teams uh, uh, offenses are throwing at him. But one guy on that defensive front that, if you ask me, is having a good year and has really like, in a sense, maybe he's benefiting from Leonard Williams, you could say, is Austin Johnson. I thought he probably played the best yep. on the defensive side of the ball this past game. Hit two tackles for loss and a sack and just seemed, again, consistently when the Giants were really only playing six, five or six guys in the box. The only guy who was really there to stop the run, Dexter Lawrence, if you ask me, is kind of invisible in my mind. I, didn't, I honestly can't even recall the play Dexter Lawrence made on this Sunday, but Austin Johnson, if you ask me, was noticeable enough that I was like, all right, this guy's continuously winning uh, up front and stuff like that. So hats off to him. And hopefully, again, Johnson, Williams, and Dexter Lawrence can get going on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, if we want to if we want to stay with these Rams at all, we're going to need to have to get pressure on Matthew Stafford. Like, it's no 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 question. Aziz Ojolari, I want to see him get involved a little bit more. He played sixty two percent of snaps. Dexter Lawrence, surprising. I know how D lines work, by the way. Like, they, there are groups of D linemen that go on and off the field. It is a super exhausting position, so they do have personnel's and this and that that rotate in. But I definitely want to see Aziz, Dexter Lawrence, and Austin Johnson. I felt like when I was watching the game versus the Cowboys, like, I just kept saying, oh, that was a great play by Austin Johnson. Like, multiple times. 
And, you know, I hope he continues that because, you know, we're going to need it versus the Rams. Um, O'Shane Zimenez, I wish I wish we were able to see something out of O'Shane Zimenez because I really like him. I'm not sure when we drafted him, Pat. Do you know when we, we drafted him? Yeah, he was 2019. He was the same draft as Lawrence because he was, I believe, a pick in that Beckham trade. It was like the whole okay. trade was Lawrence, Peppers, and... Zimenez. Yeah, because it took Carter in 18, Zimenez in 19. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten I, anything from them, really. Yeah, I definitely just want, I want to see them going. I like when Danny Shelton's in the game for sure. I, lo- I love watching Danny Shelton get to work. It's a huge run stopper. And even in the past game, he provides that interior rush. So I know we're, we're going to use a whole bunch of guys versus the Rams, and I, I hope we can actually get it going. But um, I know you want to get into your preview, so let's get right into that. Yeah, I mean, and I'll start first right there with our preview and stuff like that. I'll keep it on the defensive side of the ball. You bring up Danny Shelton, you make a great point. I feel like the Giants, at some point, they were starting to play Shelton and Austin Johnson together. It seems like those guys are more like nose tackles in a sense. you know. What I mean? But I- I'd love to see a four-man front this week. You know what I mean? The Giants don't do it a ton. They're kind of more of a 3-4 defense, but they've shown in the past that they're willing to go four down linemen. I'd love to see Austin Johnson and Danny Shelton play next to each other and just absolutely blow up the run game against the Rams because with Daryl Henderson and, and as good of a coach as Sean McVay is, he's able to scheme up but runs like the best of them, you know what I mean? They're going to absolutely 100% need to stop the run this week, and I think it starts up front with can the Giants win at the point of attack, and I think that would it would greatly benefit them to have an extra guy up front and definitely an extra guy in the box. I think if the Giants try to play five or six guys in the box again, they're in for a long day against the Rams. Yeah, and you know what? You bring up the fact that we definitely have to, you know, be able to rush the passer and play the run. I hope we do bring down uh, four down D linemen. I love that kind of defense, so I definitely want to see four down linemen from the Giants. I want them to get after it. But um, another thing that we're going to have to do, obviously, against these Rams is we got to contain Cooper Cup as well. And with the secondary looking the way it is, you know, I'm not feeling so confident about it. Uh, I wish that we were able to – the Cowboys obviously have a super good receiver course, so they, they definitely made us look a little bit worse than possibly we are. But – so do the Rams. Cooper Cup, um, Robert Woods, and um, Van Jefferson. Those are all very talented receivers who can definitely get after it. And Cooper Cup, man, he is running it up. I got him on my fantasy team. He is the man. But the, I'm I'm hoping that the Giants can contain him a little bit. I want to see I want to see Xavier McKinney make some plays. I want to see James Bradbury hopefully you know stop those deep balls. And Adoree Jackson. I kind of want to I want to see Adoree Jackson get after kind of have like one of those really good games that we've been expecting out of him for so long now. But um I also want to know I don't I'm not sure is Jabril Peppers going to return? Jabril Peppers was limited in practice on Wednesday. That's the last update I have about him. It I would assume it looks like he's going to try to give it a go. I think that'd be a big boost as well for our defense. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and Sean McVay knows. He he said it last year after our game versus them. He said these guys are good. They're well coached and they know what they're doing. I want him to be able to say that same thing after we beat the Rams this week. Yeah, uh, I'll touch first on the part that you mentioned with Cooper Cup. Yeah, containing him is going to be a real issue. Uh, it seems like Darnay Holmes is an afterthought on the Giants. He played one snap last yep. week, uh, yeah. three the week before, one the week even prior to that. So 
I mean, to say he's phased out would be an understatement. With Rodarius Williams out, though, you know what I mean? He does step, probably step up in the pecking order. But with Jabril Peppers coming back, then you technically have, like, that extra safety that you didn't have last week. You know what I mean? So play, be interested, yeah. it, a, little, a little interested to see how that rotation pans out this week. Again, maybe it would make sense, again, with Holmes in the slot against Cooper Cup. But besides that, you do they'll bring up a good point with Sean McVay mentioning about the Giants and how good of a team they are. I'll never forget last year, week four, the Giants just laid an absolute – Probably the one of the – I'll go with the worst Giants game I've watched really in the last five years was the Giants versus the 49ers last year. And the 49ers had every single no backup known to man in week three. And they got absolutely dominated, um, the Giants did. It was disgusting. It was 60 minutes of an absolute beatdown by the San Francisco 49ers. The Giants then go out on the road to L.A. to play the Rams, and they gave them an absolute fight down to the wire, held them to like 17 points. The offense had a chance to win it late. Jones tried to make like one extra play through an interception to uh, Darius Williams in that game and stuff like that. Great so play. Patrick, yeah, it was, it was a great play, granted. But Patrick Graham has shown that he can contain this offense and stuff like that. I know this offense is completely different now with Matthew Stafford in a sense that they can move the ball a lot more down the field. But at the end of the day, it's still Sean McVay. It's still his scheme and stuff like that. So hopefully Patrick Graham can kind of have that like – success again because the defense is going to need to step up there as, as yes they've lost Blake Martinez but they're probably the more healthy side of the ball as crazy as that is with even all their injuries and stuff like that so in order to keep this game close I mean especially if Daniel Jones is not able to go the defense is going to need to step up big because who knows if it's Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon under center yeah two things I definitely want to talk about for this preview versus the Rams one thing is I want to see if the Giants defense can maintain their eyes on their keys this week because the Rams, they have, I believe it was last year where I saw a stat where the Rams had like 97% of their offensive plays had motion involved. Some crazy number like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. But the Rams do that because they know that it distracts defensive players and from, from what they're supposed to be looking at to get to their responsibility. So when the Rams do that, I think that's why the Giants were able to play them so well two year, uh, last year because Patrick Graham is big on that. He His guys are disciplined. They will keep their eyes on what they need to do. And I, if we could do that versus the Rams, I, you know, I don't see why not we could put up some uh, some good defensive stats on them. Hopefully we got to hold contain Cooper Cup, like you said, stop Matt Stafford and all those guys up front. But um, And then I want to see the same thing, honestly, out of the offense. I want to see Kadarius Tony go in motion. I we need to see him like move around, get a couple screen plays, even like a little jet sweep here and there. Here and, there. and I see here you have written in the the outline: stay away from Ramsey, and no doubt about it, keep Kadarius Tony away from that dude, man. Any any time you get Kadarius Tony the ball, I want it to be on the opposite side of Jalen Ramsey so that he cannot you know pile drive Kadarius Tony like he has the other big time receivers. But uh, yeah, I want to see. Darius Tony get the ball, definitely get more involved. I want to see him be involved the way he was with the Cowboys, where he was basically our entire offense. He's going to need to be, because with no Kenny Galladay, with no Saquon Barkley, it looks like Jones is going to be, should clear concussion protocol, yet, yes, it's still a decision that if the Giants want to play him, I'd lean towards the fact that it looks like the Giants will play him, which is huge, obviously. I don't think, they don't have a fighting chance, if you ask me, with Mike Lennon, but Daniel Jones, Ryan Center, I'll give them a fighting chance. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, it looks like Shepard's more on track to play this week, which is big. That could open some things up, but you're right. With Kadarius Tony, I think the biggest thing, too, is moving around, because Jalen Ramsey will move into the slot time and time again. You know what I mean? He'll sometimes come blitz in there, he'll cover in the slot, so just get Kadarius Tony away from him. And yes, I know technically Jalen Ramsey could start to shadow 
overshadow him, which then would throw a complete wrench in our plans. But Ramsey, not not as much of a shadow as some other corners in the league, like previous weeks, like Marshawn Lattimore normally does. So yeah, get him the ball in different ways. You mentioned the motion. The Rams love to do it. I mean, it's their iconic thing, that little uh, wide receiver jet sweep that they do to Robert Woods. They do it three times a game almost. Uh, so... It, like, why can't the Giants do something? Actually, excuse me, I'll, I'll take back on that. Please don't do that, Giants, if it's the CJ board. If it's the Kadarius Tony, though, you're allowed to do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's going to have to, be, again, if it's Mike Glennon, the game plan is going to be a little different in the sense that you have to scheme up some real easy things. One other thing that I'd love to see more Kadarius Tony under center and really running Wildcat. I'd love them to put in like a formal Wildcat package in on the goal line. I think it's something that's easy in a sense that you get an extra blocker in the run game when you run with your quarterback and stuff like that. So if Tony's lined up there, you can uh, maybe get some success in the red zone because we have absolutely had none. They got like seven yards on one of those plays this week, I w- uh, this past week. I would have loved them to just run it again on fourth down. They didn't. But, yeah, I think that's just something uh, that they could – a little wrinkle that they could add that might help the offense. Yeah, no doubt. And you know what? On offense, there's obviously one big point that the Giants offense needs to take into consideration this week, and that is Aaron Donald. He is the best defensive player in the league for about the last six or seven years. He is one of the best football players I've ever seen, probably on the planet. And you know what? This is a game where I'm going to say it. I wish we had Nick Gates to put a hand in Aaron Donald's face like he did last year. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like you said, like, we just need – Aaron Donald needs to be contained somehow. I don't know how the Giants are going to do it. I don't know if it's going to take a double, triple, whatever it's going to take. I think we need to keep Aaron Donald out of this game. Let the other guys if, – if it's going to happen, if the Rams defense is gonna be, are going to make plays on our offense, don't let it be Aaron Donald. Let it be, you know, Leonard Floyd. Let it be some of those linebackers. See if they can get the job done. Because I know if you leave Aaron Donald one-on-one, he's definitely going to get the job done more often than not compared to those other guys. So I hope that we can uh, definitely contain him. Again, Jalen Ramsey. Those are two of the best defensive players probably in the league. One of the best corners and one of the best interior defensive linemen. Stay away from those two guys. Game plan around getting the ball to Kadarius Toney away from those guys. And let's see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, with Aaron Donald, if you ask me, hit it right on the head right there. With just let, please let somebody else beat. I do not want to see Aaron Donald have three sacks on us because we got greedy and tried to block him one on one with uh, Scurra or Wes Martin or even yeah or Billy Price. You know what I mean? Double like double him, chip block a tight end this week if we have to. You know what I mean? Because as much as I'd love if Mike Glennon's in the uh, behind center, as much as I'd love a, a fifth option for Mike Glennon to throw to, I'd also love Mike Glennon to be able to throw the ball. Where if we're blocking five this week, <laughs> there's no guarantee yep. that we're going to be able to do that. Uh, Mike Glennon might have about 0.3 seconds for that. But though that yeah. leads into our prediction, and for the first time, though, I'm going to pick against our guys in this game. I just think it's too much to overcome oh. with the injuries and the defensive side of the football. I think they're going to keep it close for sure. I just think it's going to be too little too late. I'll take the Rams in this game. I'll take them like 24 7. And I think they're going, to be, they're going to lose by like six points, is what I'm trying to. 23 16, I'll give you as a final score. I know it's a weird football score, but um, I'll go with that there. Um, I, I just think ultimately it's too much to overcome with the injuries at uh, wide receiver and stuff like that on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Daniel Jones, like I said, is a complete question mark. I'm even going with Daniel Jones playing in the game. I think he gives them a fighting chance in a sense. But, yeah, I think the run game phase is a little bit of an uphill battle. 
And I think what the defense showed me up front last week, that if something doesn't change, I think the Rams could have a field day. So I know I said six points before, but yeah, I have the Giants losing by seven points, 23-16. I just, hell, I can never go against my Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants winning. I'm not saying this too confidently, of course, but I'm going to go with the Giants winning 24-21, to and it's going to be on a game-winning field goal from Graham Gano. And I'm also – I like to throw in a little defensive prediction as well. I'm going to throw in that Adoree Jackson gets an interception this week. I hope he can get going. I hope the defense can go going at us as a whole. I want Tate Crowder to take care of that upfront situation. And hopefully Adoree Jackson can get a pick this week. And um, the Giants win on a game-winning field goal versus the Rams. Yeah, listen, I hope one – Dory Jackson does step up this week and kind of gives himself a real good moment with the Giants. And two, I hope I am so wrong on this prediction. You don't understand. <laughs> it absolutely pains me from the bottom of my heart to do it. But at the end of the day, like business is business. At the end of the day, I, I'm going to see, I'm going to call it almost a little bit more how I see it there, but uh, it's going to do it for today's episode. on Novello. Uh, anything you want to kind of leave off with? Um, Let's see. All hell in New York Giants. Yeah, I love it, Novello. Every single time, it always, always brings a little smirk to my face. But, uh, yeah, we got a tough matchup with the Rams. It is at home this week, so hopefully the crowd can get behind us and hopefully the defense takes a big step forward. And hopefully, as the Giants can get their guys back on the field, specifically Daniel Jones and Andrew Thomas. There's a little Sterling Shepard there, but that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.